Hello, everybody. It's your old friends at Monday Madness, and welcome to another episode of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Woo! I've got no jingles this time, lads, because the laptop's over there. I'm too lazy to set up the, set up the speaker, so uh, <laughs> okay. we'll, just, we'll just, just pretend that it happened, okay? Pretend the jingle was there. There we, there we go. <laughs> well, not fair to spell. Uh, turns out Alan, Par- uh, Alan Partridge was uh, directing football today. Oh, well, the, the last weekend. Yeah, it yeah. fucking crazy. Let's just get into it. I, lo- I love it, yeah. I, I love yeah. that we literally just left the internal at the right time when football was at its most broken. So now we all needed like a little two-week break to fucking digest what the fuck happened last weekend. It was pretty much like the like football equivalent of like a, be- of like a two-week bender in Las Vegas, basically. Uh, do you know what? Like The thing is, as the weekend went on, I demanded the tv off the nordy more because i was like <laughs> i i watched like shit matches on saturday which you know like you know at the time i thought they were good and they mm. were enjoyable and you know there was enough tension and you know points at stake at my fantasy football team that i had enough attention on saturday and then sunday came along and i was like no i actually need to see these matches because you know there's the teams like arsenal were involved and i want mm. to get you know uh, obviously, I'd be interested in that. And then I was like, oh, Spurs, Man United. I don't want to watch that. But like, that could be a shit show. And oh, my good God. You were half right. <laughs> uh, and then I actually didn't watch the Liverpool Aston Villa match. Because I didn't either. Nordy at, that, Nordy at that stage was like, fuck this. I want to watch whatever the fuck he wants to watch on the TV. So I was like, fair <laughs> enough. I've had it all weekend. Yes. I'm not going to miss Liverpool drubbing Aston Villa. Mm. you know 4-0 which is what I had down as my like on my ACA and I was like fuck what the fuck like you were messaging us and yeah. like neither me or Neil like at like believed you at all like I had no. to go on Twitter stop what I was doing go on to Twitter I'm like oh yes they're having a meltdown yeah I'm having the meltdown to end all meltdowns. I didn't watch this because I had the Seahawks game to watch. Unbelievably, the the NFL Seahawks game was on at the same time. And I was like, ah, fuck it. You know, it's a four. I I did the same thing. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. Now, this isn't the Villa of old, you know, the the Mm. Villa that we whopped 5 0 in the FA Cup final um, a couple of years back. But I was like, there's no way. Like, he's just going to fuck it. They might score one or two, and it might be good. Grealish might do some shit and fall over. But um, you've got the firepower to put these pricks away. Like, yeah, it's a, I'm not watching a foregone conclusion. The Seahawks are on a hot streak. I'm loving it. Mm. Let's roll. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what the fuck is going on? He's taking the piss. I genuinely, genuinely did not believe you. Like, yeah. I know, uh, 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 I didn't believe you when you said it. But normally, if somebody texts you with a ridiculous fucking scoreline, you're going to... The go, first message I sent you was that, uh, yeah, Villa are 4-1 up. I literally checked. I, I li- did not, I saw it, went, he clearly taking the piss out of me, checked. I went, <laughs> what the fuck? Actually, yeah. I think, actually, in between you telling me that and me checking, another goal had been scored. I think it was... Yeah. Four two or something like it that. It became it, it became it was like three one and then four one is is when you started. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, that's what I said. No, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, that, that was a when I said just a the screenshot of the Sky Sports live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> headline, honestly, Villa are beating Liverpool for five two. Yeah, it was a, it was five two when the scoreline was, and then it became seven two. 
Fuck. It's so bizarre. Such a weird... Like, I wouldn't mind... Let's start then. Let's start at the start. Yes, let's do that. Yes. So, uh... Uh, uneventful palace cleanser that was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, uh, the 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 pea soup toward before the big lobster dinner, uh, and boy was this a fucking pea soup. Uh, Wolves uh, kicked off kicks off our action here in the Premier League rundown with a exciting exciting one nil win against Fulham. And um, I suppose like a, like on paper a better performance than Fulham, but Wolves could have easily scored more here. Like they looked a lot sharper. Um, by and large, would have. I think yeah. that's the kind of worrying thing that when when you watch this match and you think, well, Wolves completely outplayed Fulham, mm. and you think, and they only scored one goal, that doesn't bode well. Like when you're dominating no. and you're only winning by one, and like, and by the way, this is a fucking domination. Yeah. Um, like when you're all over another team and you're only winning by one. Like that says some things about you as well. Like the other team, like Fulham did not really play very well. They certainly didn't That's play. That's classic 2011-2012 Arsenal where we yeah. had like 80% possession in every game and like 14 shots on target per half. Uh, <laughs> but then we, you know, we'd only win 1-0, scrape a win at 1-0 or get caught in a counter-attack and last 89th minute and lose. Do you think they're missing um, Jota? Very much so. You can't lose a player of that calibre. Uh, did they even replace him? Yes. In a sense, they did with put. In a manner of speaking, they did. They do have replacements in positionally in Neto and Podence, but work rate probably not. No, you you can't lose a player that caliber and not so far. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Fulham though did look a little bit sharper with Luckman in the team. They signed him from uh, Leipzig. We're doing a transfer on the roundup at the end of the show, and Luckman was one of their loan signings, one of like seventeen thousand this summer. And uh, he looks good. <laughs> like he, he looks like a very good shot because what they're playing in like an inside flank, and he basically said, "Right, you have one job, and that's a run with the ball." It's like I can do that. I, in fact, I got bought by Leipzig to do that. So yeah, we can do that. And it's the only thing I do. It's the only thing he's good at. Seventeen million stamp lads. But uh, yeah, wasn't much there. Uh, Fulham just need another striker, really. Someone to par- pair up with Mitrovic who can actually score a goal. And they uh, need uh, and they need centre backs. You know, remember Tony Khan sent out a plea on Twitter. <laughs> oh no, to, they, uh, they, they signed two centre backs. They sorted. We got that done. They, yeah. they may have been seventh or eighth on the list, but we signed them. So you know, that's <laughs> all that matters. One thing though, it was um, it was Fulham's goalkeeper that kept them kind of in it. Yeah, uh, a lot more. Areola, yeah, great. Dude. Yeah, the unfortunately named Areola. Um. <laughs> can we call him that from now on is that his full name oh yeah change approved, change approved. I did not realise that wasn't his name <laughs> change approved there we go just started um, but, uh, but yeah no uh, yeah like just on that like uh, Wolves um, have not been firing at the same cylinders that they were last year and I do think Jota is a huge part of that Mm. And it's really, really, really crippling my fantasy football team because I went all out and got Traore and Jimenez and ha- yeah. Jimenez was my fucking captain. You went all, you went, yeah, you got arm grease in as well, yeah. Of Naturally. course, yeah. As a tradition. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, it'd be interesting. I say if you're a Wolves fan, this season's going to be a lot tougher than last season. Mm. But for the neutral to see, oh, which Wolves is going to turn up today uh, for the rest of us, that would be an interesting kind of... Uh, Thing to watch out for. Yeah, I think they'll be okay because I think like a lot of teams. Okay. Yeah, it's just a, it's a slow start. Like Europa League campaign, very depleted team at the time. So I, I think they will be okay. It's just gonna be a slow start for them, as you yeah. kind of yeah. as expected. 
And moving on then to uh, Southampton, West Brom. It was a regulation 2-0 win for uh, Southampton. Shockingly, though, the goals were not scored by Danny Ings. Would you believe? <laughs> uh, one, uh, I well, don't I think, believe it. I, <laughs> I know you don't. That's why I'm saying it. But uh, yes, uh, the two actually really good goals, I have to say. like Jennifer's goal was a Cruyff turn in the box and just drilled a home. It was literally, I think, the one bit of skill I've seen from him since he joined Southampton. Um, and the second goal was a like volley, like a ricocheted volley off Ariel Romeo, as in the as in the ball ricocheted off somebody, and instead of like leaving it two wings, he just said fuck off and hit the ball into the net. Like it was a great yeah. goal, great goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just it was what you expect in this game. Like Southampton just had, well, had was, enough. Yeah, it was one of those things where uh, it was just one of those things you've not seen since a comfortable Southampton win that was never mm. really in doubt and a clean sheet as well. Like really yeah, but it was against whammy. West Brom. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Well, you know, clean sheets are clean sheets, you know. Although, I, like, I, I would be interested, just based on the performance of West Brom the last, well, I suppose, three matches, uh, <laughs> will they, like, them and Fulham will be in a race to the bottom, I think. Um, but will they get more points than Derby did? Oh, yeah. I mean, Derby, like, lots of people, I, rem- I very vividly, as a kind of, like, PTSD flashback. Remember that Derby season? It was like they were they bad. Yeah. Thinking. As I recall, <laughs> their most prominent goal threat was Rory Delap. Yeah, like who's playing left back? Famous for throwing the ball in. <laughs> yeah, putting it in the net. Like they were. Like you look back over that that Derby campaign. It was fucking stinking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think teams just don't exist that are that bad anymore. It's kind of like Eddie the Eagle, you know. The amateur ski jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I think West Brom uh, could push them in terms of absolute lack of ability mm. and Fulham's ability but funneled into the wrong positions. Yeah. Um, like, I think individually, Fulham have the, uh, enough pl- good players in there to, to stick around for, you know, mm. much more of the season before getting relegated. But I... Yeah, they just have the wrong skill set in the wrong positions and like they just make odd choices. Really like, quite odd choices. Although I will say one thing, if West Brom are to not exactly stay up, but at least beat <laughs> not uh not succumb to the derby campaign, it will be again I'll mention another goalkeeper as well. Johnston had a great fucking game for West Brom, even though like they lost two 0 He yeah. made an unbelievable, damn near point blank double save. That really had to be seen to be believed. Um, it fucking really was. Like I think uh, it was Kyle Walker. It was Walker Peters initially, and then I think it was Jennifer with the follow up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So and like literally both of them were like fired with mm. some Venom. fucking yeah. welly. Damn near point blank range. You're like, fucking hell! How the fuck did he stop? He stopped both of them. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't put you wouldn't put any amount of money on them stopping either one. Yeah, he got to both of them. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah I, I, what I would say, what I would say about West Brom and Fulham, because uh, I know that the actual window, the transfer window, the big one, if you like, is is closed. But there is still a second window open for domestic transfers. So, like, if if Premier League wants to, the Premier League wants to make a deal with the EFL. There's another week to do that, so the, the, that window's closing at the 16th. So I would expect Fulham and Bromley to perhaps do a bit of business with Championship teams. Uh, I know yeah, Bromley are yeah. Bromley are looking for a Huddersfield striker, so they might get him in the door. But they're spending a lot of money on him. 
since also since the full time uh, whistle on this match, um, Southampton signed uh, Diallo. Yes, and he's fucking tasty. He's going to be good. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him in the next game. Yeah, very well touted. Fucking decent. We might actually get a decent Southampton side. For... Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? It, it, it'd be nice they to see one. a proper midfield. Dio. Oh, yeah, yes, that's interesting too. Oh yeah, tasty deal. Tasty deal. Yeah. We'll, all, we'll all get to that in the transfer roundup. Um, next on my list then is Alan St. Maximan. Three, Burnley, one. Uh, <laughs> I watched this game, lads. Alan St. Maximan is class. That's all I have to say in this match. He was fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Like, he made Burnley saw- look like fucking mugs. Like the thing was, like last season when he came in, like he had all of the build up but absolutely no finish, mm. and it was infuriating yes. to watch. And like, because you could see, like this guy obviously has some moves, he has some swagger. This is like you know he has potential to be a world beater. Yeah. But then, like his shooting was like absolutely horrendous, and his crossing and his final pass and his decision making, it's like literally. He was fifty percent of a player, whereas mm. I think now he's he's got up to at least eighty percent of a player. I do think there's another step up you can go again. Oh, totally. But like, but it was like weird. against Burnley, like you mm. know, you can play at eighty percent, I suppose, if you're a player like him, and still ravage them. He was yeah. also he was also helped out with Jeff Jimmy Hendricks on the other flank, mm. also making shite of Burnley, but didn't get the plaudits as well. Uh, which is the reason why. So the two of them absolutely marauding down the flanks meant that Burnley had pretty much no arms. Um, Burnley are like absolutely like destroyed with injuries, though, aren't they? I don't think they, they don't even have injuries. The problem is they have no money. Like Burnley, uh, well, again, we'll get to it later on. But Burnley have only spent a million pounds in the transfer window, and that's like there's there's League One sides that are actually outfunded by Burnley at this point. They have no money. And the problem is that, like, they recognise that if, if they were to sell their players like Pope and Tarkovsky, yes, they'd probably get 90 to 100 million for the two of those players together and maybe one or two others. But the reality is they will get relegated because they won't be able to replace them, you know. So they're, yeah, they're down, yeah. to do, down that they don't. And that's why Burnley, that's why Sean Dyche, I think, feels like he's a bit in a bit of trouble this season because he has to work on what he has. And the problem is, again, we'll get to it, he's ultimately lost three midfielders over the summer and cannot Only replace one them. Of them. One of them, Jeff Hendricks. One of their Hendricks, Aaron Lennon's gone. Uh, one of his youngsters is gone as well. It's uh, not looking good for them, you know. But even then, but but to Burnley, you see, like that's a that's still a massive loss because he can't replace these players. They're relying on youngsters who they don't have the greatest youth academy in the world, but they have a pathway. They can make a make a path and forward forward. You know what I mean? So uh, either way, like again, it was a good result for Newcastle. They they had that bit of moxie. That's all they needed. So it was what they needed. From that sense, um, while Burkwell's getting uh, reinforcements, uh, <laughs> barrage at her at the moment. Let's move on to the Arsenal <laughs> game, which was uh, a two-one win against the overlapping centre backs. It was a decent game. You, they gave you an honest fight, but you just had enough in the end, didn't you? Do you want to take this, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> How lucky is David Luiz on a scale of one to zero? <laughs> well, no, right. First off, it's bollocks. All right. To see people shy on about the fact that he should have been sent off for a short pull when fucking Sheffield had players absolutely diving in. Mm. Yeah, Bur- Ollie Burke. Yeah. Like two footed tackle off the ground. Like he's off. Oh, uh, Burke. Yeah. Burke, like, it was, yeah. Oh, sorry, but yeah, it wasn't Ollie Burke. Hopped off his feet. 
he slid in, he's gone in studs up, he's landed on his shin, he's missed the ball. <laughs> like, how many more red card boxes do you want me to fucking tick? What did you want him to do? Afterwards, stand up and teabag him? <laughs> like, fucking hell. Like, and then they see, shy, like, don't get me wrong, I literally don't pay a single ounce of attention to fuckers like Sunis. But just to hear people listen to Sunis shiting on that, Louis should have been sent off for a short pull 45 yards from goal when our goalkeeper would have gotten to the ball anyway. Mm. You're only a fuck off, Sunis. A short pull, no less, that he did for like a second and immediately stopped. Yeah. And that also that they were guilty of as well. They were doing it all over the place. Well, like I said, John Egan got sent off for it two weeks ago. So that's why that's why the argument is there. But yeah, that's stupid you know. it is, you know. And also, of all the people to be fucking criticised about, Soonest. Hatchet Soonest. <laughs> the fucking madman with the moustache. Get the fucking boat. And to his comments <laughs> the next day, um, uh, with the Man United match and Lamella and the hand, like the oh. handbags between Martial and oh. Lamella, he's like, oh, it's very Latin. It's like, oh, you bigoted fuck. Mm. <laughs> she showed himself up there a little bit, all right, yeah. Oh, he's a dickhead. He, yeah. He's an absolute knob stain. And he knew that, basically, it's clickbait. He was clickbait commentating. That's all that was. Mm. But yeah. uh, I will say one of the things, though, that um, on from an Arsenal point of view, is that quite happy with how Pepe turned the entire game around pretty much all on his own. Which hopefully goes some way to showing why we spent so much, why we actually got him in the first place. Because mm. we'd no incision before he came on the pitch. We'd yeah. no drive really. We no nobody was really looking to get forward. And also another good thing as well is that when Pepe came on, uh, Aubameyang was shifted to the center. Ooh, which is controversial for a lot of fucking Arsenal fans. You know, <laughs> Aubameyang playing through the middle, bollocks. But he did play through the middle and he had a great game. He really did. Stats wise, then we fucking didn't. But the way him being almost. His movement off the ball was yeah. like. Sheffield. Allowed the space for the other players. Yeah. Sheffield double marked him because you put Abamyang front and center of your defense. They're going to go, huh, I'm sticking with this guy, right? Fuck, yeah. fuck the rest of them, you know? But it just allowed like William and Pepe in particular. Um, he had a From really. Good, they just they just tore Sheffield apart and it was mm. great to see yeah um, no it's, it's a good result just, it just, I'm not I know I said at the start that I watched Arsenal on the Sunday and that is true because I watched this match live but it was at the same time as Arsenal women <laughs> and I realised after the game that I didn't really give it 50-50 like attention uh, so I rewatched it again on the Sunday which is how I got mixed up there um, but we will talk about that Arsenal women thing I think yeah, later yeah. as well also another good thing yeah. about this uh, Bellerin had a fantastic game set up both oh, goals yes he his... was unreal mm-hmm. and like there's been a lot of talk on Arsenal Twitter like around the fan base kind of when he was being touted as being sold to PSG, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, delighted with that, like getting the dead weight off the books. I'm like, what the absolute fuck is wrong with you? You've Mm. got Ozil there sitting on his fucking arse doing nothing. Bellerin, who's obviously, I know, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, I do have a soft spot for players who've done their ACL because I know what it's like to try and come back from that. And it's a fucking horrendous rehab. And when you come back, 90% of your issues on a pitch is going to be psychological 
so if you're making shit passes and then people are jumping on your back for your shit pass like that's gonna play on your mind even more Mm. um i'm fucking delighted for it like and i think this like very much was a fuck you to the arsenal stands looking at trying to get maitland niles as our first choice right back I don't um, understand it. Like, like I, I don't know football. where why Liverpool or f- football Twitter is like this because I had the same argument. I had the same row like a few weeks ago with Liverpool Twitter. I, I want to call. Can we call them truthers or something? Because that's what they are. It's like a fucking no, the no, MAGA equivalent of football Twitter. Dickheads. Just, I know they're dickheads, but I'm gonna call them. I have to call them something more derogatory. Call that. them absolute straight up dickheads because Pele- Bellerin's passing, like everything he did in the match against Sheffield was fucking perfect. His overlaps were fucking absolutely razor sharp his chipped ball for Saka couldn't have been any fucking sweeter if he'd have dusted the fucking football with caster sugar it was ridiculous yeah but Megan Lyons would have had three assists and would have cured cancer all Saka had to do literally was just be in the way now obviously he had to he just put his head through it to make sure fair play Mm. no problem with a fucking guy doing that but um no man like I was so delighted both for Pepe who probably showed up a lot of doubters and for Bellerin, who definitely fucking did. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, moving on then to uh, another uh, Ch- uh, London side, this time Chelsea. It's actually a bit of a London derby, now that I think of it. Uh, Chelsea 4, Crystal Palace 0. Uh, Crystal Palace's title challenge has officially been curtailed by, uh, by Chelsea, by Frank Lampard's Chelsea, finally getting back on the, back on the wagon, lads. Uh, and yeah, all it took you. was buying a new goalkeeper. This is one, this is one of those matches where... You're watching it and you're looking at the scoreline and you're like, is this a parallel universe? <laughs> because <Don't. laughs> <laughs> uh, because Chelsea were fucking awful, yet managed to put the ball in the net four times. Um, twice, mm, twice, yeah, two penalties now, in fairness. Uh, yeah, but like at the same time, like it just, I felt so bad for Palace because they were great. Okay, both teams were not great, mm. but Chelsea were a lot worse than Palace. And um, yeah, um, just one of those bizarre matches where you're just like, nah, nah, I've taken acid. <laughs> <laughs> I love how calm you are about it. It's like, yep, yeah, no, this is acid, all right. Yeah, I remember that color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. The thing about Palace is that, like, they were all industry up until the final third. I mean, like, they, they did not have a single shot on target the entire game. Uh, He's a had a good game, um, mm. but uh, I don't know. The, the, I think what what I found quite hilarious about this was that Chelsea won by simply going back, rejecting all their high price imports, yeah. and going back to that's how they've won. That's definitely their best performances this season. Is literally relying on in order the to kids. arrest the fucking rot the downward trajectory of all of their performances. Now, this wasn't exactly a very good performance either, mm. but it was a lot better than our last one. Yes. Uh, and the thing that they changed from their last performance was all of the players that they bought in to replace all of the youth players that they used. They just played the youth players. This one that they fucking all yeah. They went fucking they, wild. They've given themselves <laughs> such a headache here because what do you do? Like... This one game undermined, this one game showed mm. that... The, the entire 200, 220, 240 million euro fucking, oh sorry, 220 million pound transfer gush was completely fucking useless. Every single bit of it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, it's it's the same thing where like, 
uh, they've given themselves such a headache when they didn't really need to. All they had to do was just just, just acknowledge the fact that they don't have defenders. Ben Chilwell, a sensible signing. Yes, that they needed a left back. Absolutely. Did they need a long-term replacement for Aspilicueta? Yes, they do. Go sign a right back or build up Reese James, which is obviously what they're doing. Centre-backs, clean sweep. Just get them all. Just like dump out the hand, get fucking pot of greed and just sign four centre-backs. Do a Fulham. Doesn't matter. Co-keeper. That, that was your issue. Your issue was not up front, and now you're making it an issue, as Neil said, by having this weird like uh, schizophrenia between <laughs> between your two front lines. Like, what do you want? Do you want all the superstars? Or do you want the players that actually make sense in that system? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a total mismatch, and that's just it's just gonna fuck them up longer down the road until they decide who who's in the team and who's not. Absolutely. Well, like it, like Zayek is yet to make a start. Uh, Werner and Havertz have still not adjusted whatsoever. Yeah, uh, Pulisic is only back from wrecking his hamstring in the FA Cup final. Got to drop that one in. Yeah, um, but yeah, like Palace frustrated Chelsea for quite a lot of this game, and like a four, like if you look at four 0 you think, oh, Palace got absolutely bummed, but he really didn't. It's just they kept up the resistance, then Chilwell broke it. Yeah, um, he also set up the next goal as well with. A very nice cross. It's a lovely cross. Um, it was a quite a nice cross for, oh, actually for fucking another defender, Zuma. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the first two goals were scored by fucking. Actually, the two, the only two goals scored from open play were scored by defenders. Yeah. <laughs> and Says the a lot. Really. Two goals were scored by Jorginho. Yeah, but it's happy little boy. It was Tammy Abraham's Abraham's birthday, lads. So like, he wasn't in the game at all. Like, he was thinking about that surprise party. What Did was you the for him? <laughs> That the fucking penalty stuff was weird, wasn't it? Like uh, he was trying to take the, he tried to take the penalty off Jorginho because he already scored one and he wanted to score a penalty himself. And then like told him to fuck off, go away, <laughs> chew. Like <laughs> he hadn't scored one that game though. What is my birthday? My birthday. Yeah, fuck off. And then he um, had a surprise party. Poor bastard. Yeah, and the, the way he dropped his family into it was fucking hilarious by just yeah. blaming everybody else. Like, they did. Like, they, there was a surprise yeah. party and they broke yeah, rules. Yeah, but like... you don't say that. You just turn around, you just turn around and apologize. You just say, look, yeah. sorry about this. Uh, he didn't. I didn't want to do it. Exactly I didn't want to have a party. I just wanted a penalty. <laughs> like, no, two weeks off. Two weeks off. Like he would have. Like he blamed basically his entire family. Like he did. He literally threw his mother to the media wolves. Going, oh no, no, no. When I came home, my family were here, my mum was everything here. Now, what am I meant to do? I was like, shut the f- what you meant to do is not say that. Just turn around, apologize, go, <laughs> sorry about that, lads. It was my birthday, won't happen again. Blah. That's it. Don't fucking throw other people under the wolves. And now we yeah, have a Daily Mail that. article that says, Who is Mrs. Abraham? And is she an asylum seeker? Absolutely. <laughs> he bought, then he finishes the whole thing off by buying her a sink. <laughs> no, she bought him a two hundred fifty thousand pound Lamborghini. That selfish bastard. Deport uh, him. Uh, so, uh, moving on then to our top five. And lads, the Moiseola revolution continues. Remote Moise oh is running wild. Leicester nil, West Ham three. And lads, this wasn't the fucking distortionary goal. This West Ham oh, were good. This... West Ham were good. Yeah, they they were so good. Like, like I saw, I saw a thing that like Vardy (laughs) Vardy had like fewer touches uh, in this game than any other game he's ever played before Mm. because West Ham were all over him like a flannel and then like um, Antonio fucking hell who has 
switched up his meds because he <laughs> is fucking on one. It's the combo of Antonio, Fornells, and Bowen. The fob, if you will. That are oh, just yeah. been the real surprise there. Bob. Yeah. Revelation. He's great. No, but to be fair, Bowen like had that. Like, he was making goals like that at Hull. But the fact that he met, like he was able to do it for West Ham now like shows how good he is. But yeah, like they're just they're like the fucking red arrow, arrows going forward. Like it literally. Oh my god, it was it was beautiful to see. And then you're kind of looking at this going, whoa, this is like some of the past. I think I messaged you and I was like, mm. oh my good god, this goal was liquid football. Yeah. And and I was like, and it was by West Ham. <laughs> Everyone's just going it, like, it just, who are you and what have you done with the real West Ham? Funnily enough, funnily enough, like this was, you, you were saying there in the last match, like you were looking at the match and looking at the scoreline and going, somebody ported in this fucking scoreline <laughs> from a different alternate universe. This was yeah, my alternate, yeah. this was my questioning the universe match. Was <laughs> this is like, my one came later the weekend. Same Leicester that absolutely stuffed Man City. Man City. 5-2. What the fuck is what they didn't have a single shot on target? No, nope. like Vardy scored an absolute beautiful goal, but it was offside in the build up, so it was ruled out. But like Fabian, he was actually offside, was... that was the correct call, by the way. He was, yes. oh, yeah, 100%. Like, as well, much as my fantasy football suffered from it, but like, <laughs> um, oh my god, like, uh, it's just. It was a really, really fun match to watch because, mm. le- like, Leicester would do all of this kind of attempted tic-a-tac football in midfield. It would go into the final third and, like, West Ham bossed it. And all of it would be is, like, one long ball into, like, Fornells or Bowen. And it's like, mm. oh, shit, they're attacking. Oh, my God, it's a goal. Oh, my God, it's a great save from uh, Schmeichel. Schmeichel. Uh, and like like that, even though he conceded three goals, Michael kept that fucking scoreline single digits. Yeah. Oh my god. It's a bit a bit of a theme yeah, of no. the of the match day, hasn't it? Where just teams have just completely just like pff, boiled off. Like it's they've got they've get gone, onto it. They've gone totally to shite, except for the goalkeepers. So we're like, lads, I, I know how fragile we are. Can we not do? Oh, you're doing this. You're, you're doing your thing again. Oh, you're doing it. Why? The, the Zinsberger Why? of the male world. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was so bad, mad and like it was literally like a, a a game of everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Leicester. Uh, Amarte back after what two years, nearly a year, a year and a half with a broken leg. Yeah, year Shattered and a half with a broken leg goes and wrecks his hamstring. <laughs> like you got a feel for the fucking guy. Yeah, um, but in all fairness, you know it's not going right for you when Declan Rice is crashing fucking 40 yard shots off your fucking <laughs> oh my god that was some run by him I was like I hate that prick but like oh you have to give him credit that was absolutely fucking he literally, it was literally like the scene of the Simpsons where Nelson's gonna throw the ball I was like go long go long <laughs> ah, I'll do it myself he's literally in his own he's almost <laughs> in his own box and he's like alright lads who's gonna snake it for this lads lads Oh, fuck it. No, no, just me then. <laughs> just <love laughs> like fucking group with a radish up his hole. 
absolutely plasters the ball off the crossbar. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is bad. This is when I thought, oh, those strips. Yeah, like Sergio Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, that, and that tradition very much continued going to our top four games. Uh, Everton four, Brighton two. Everton have won the league. So, um, well done, lads. Uh, it's official. After four games, you've they've won the league. Heard us, uh, they've clearly heard our massive subtweeting of them winning the league. Yes. Their inevitable march to the league title. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was yeah. a good game. It was a good game. It was. It was really well. good. It was a really fun game to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Brighton, and I really hope they stay up. They will. Except for Mopey. He can rot in a, <laughs> he can rot in a hole. Um but yeah, no, the rest of them, I really like Brighton and like they played really well, but also Everton are just fucking on fire at the time. So I think maybe Everton of, you know, like like during the summer, Brighton mm. would have stomped them 5 nil. But yeah, yeah, no, it just didn't work out on the day because Everton were fucking glass, which is weird for me to say. And I don't like it, so I'm going to drink it. The, the, see, Everton are class in spite of Everton. Right. Yeah. It's point. Like you kind of you look at this and you think, what the fuck would they have been doing the last couple of year decades, uh, if they actually got a functioning midfield? If any of the previous managers got a functioning, yeah. like the, even then, like the whole thing about Everton is just completely wonderland shit. Like they've got Carlo Ancelotti as the manager. Still can't believe it. They now have James Rodriguez <laughs> for free. Oh Real Madrid for free. They pay no money for him. Like. I've, I don't know, like maybe later on or something like that, we'll get onto the telenovela that is La Liga, uh, <laughs> the exodus from Barcelona, which is a fucking hilarious. So They're paying opposition teams to take their players. Yes. Um, which they did. They paid Atletico Madrid seven million to take Suarez, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then pulled out of the deal at the last second when they realised it was Atletico. Because they'd meant the state that he could go to any other team, bar Atletico, because they still have, <laughs> they still have huge a huge bugbear over, who was it? Um, Griezmann. What? It was the Griezmann deal. Atletico didn't no, never no, no, loved. No. It was a, was it, who was the player that Barcelona sold to? Atletico, and then he wound up like scoring against them and putting him out of the Champions League final, or a semi final or something like oh, that. Oh shit! Yeah. Um... Oh, bollocks. Wasn't it Silva? No, no, it wasn't that Silva. No, 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 it wasn't. Shit, who was it? Lucas Hernandez? No, 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 no. It was a really short second name, like four letters. Oh, shit, 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 shit. It'll come back to us. Um, It'll come back to us anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, the mere fact that, sorry? Rat? No, no. I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up on the thing. But yeah, the mere fact that all they've got all these players playing for Everton, Everton of all players, I just can't mm. believe it. And um, yeah, it's just they're they're playing really well, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, it's just it's mad. But they're playing really well in spite of having Pickford still in goal, um, because he completely <laughs> fucked up. Like the first Brighton goal was a fucking disaster, and like, as I said, like everything last year would have capitulated after that result. But the sheer fact that they have such like class in the midfield, and it's so bizarre to say that now, but everything they actually have class. In that midfield, mid, it's it's weird to say they even have a mad a midfield. Yes, a functioning midfield at that. They all work together. It makes yeah, sense. They've got one been bossed by fucking Hamas Rodriguez, and they're going. Mm. What? It's mad. And the thing is, like, like again, the, the game was really entertaining because Brighton were in it. Like, now, granted, I think like Brighton 
could have easily like the, the two of the Everton goals I think were a bit soft from a defending point of view. Like I think the like Trossard like played a ball across his like his front line is like what the fuck are you doing? Like that's just like you have two like poachers in Richardson and Calvert Lewin. You're not doing that. You're absolutely not doing that. Uh, but the second uh, Brighton goal, the Basuma goal, oh lads, it was fucking it was something else like I can't put it into words. It was such a great it was goal. Too bad it came in the night. Four one down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a shame, yeah. but you know, it was a thought that counts, lads. It's a thought that counts. It, it was quite a shame. Like, it was, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to detract from that it was a fucking what of a goal. Mm. But uh, oh, come on. yeah, it was it was bad. But um, but yeah, again, like this is just another step on Carlo Ancelotti's inevitable road to glory, and we're all we're all on the Everton train. It's all full of toffee. It's a bit sticky, but we're here, lads. At, at, at this rate, he's gonna cure COVID. He could. He could. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti is one of the managers, I think, who could actually find a solution to COVID by just working a solid diamond in the field around the COVID and self-isolating it. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We should have him in charge of Neffet <laughs> instead of... Uh, <laughs> get, get, get him in for Minister of Health instead of Stephen fucking Egghead Donnelly. It'd be better. Um, <laughs> so, moving on then to our top three. It was Build as a master versus The Apprentice. In actuality, it was Leeds versus Manchester City. And it ended up as a one-all draw. But, but the question I'll ask you, boy and girl, should it have been a one-all draw? Should Leeds have won this match? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Especially when you consider that Leeds had seven shots on target to Man City's one. So even if Man City... <laughs> Man City literally scored with every shot on target they had in this game. And it was still one-all. Yeah. You know, like, so... I mean, with the sheer amount of firepower that they could unleash, even in their weakened... <laughs> And a fucking serious, ex- serious uh, quotation marks for that one. Yeah. Um, fuck me, like. <laughs> I really like Leeds. Like, I, I just think they're an enjoyable team to watch because they're like so that, fun. They're it's it's like um, they could come out and like be a surprise winner um against like a top four team or whatever, or you know they could get absolutely fucking roasted by West Brom. Uh, who knows? Let's figure out. Like, you know, let's. Let's see how the dice rolls with this. But, like, you've got the likes of Rodrigo. Um, oh, he's some fucking player. I love Rodrigo. I've, I've always rated him. Like, I've even said that at the, at the start of the season, where it's like, he's a football manager, like, sweetheart. I've always saw it. Yeah. He's always been that type of player. It's like, oh, he's young and good and Spanish. He'll work. And, like, yeah, he, he does actually work. <laughs> it's just like, I'm glad to see real life is finally, finally on the football manager train here. All we need is Freddie Adu to make his comeback and the world is, is, a, is a better place again. <laughs> Yeah, you know. um, yeah, and also, uh, look, yeah, no, no, go no, no, I was just gonna say, like, um, Man City, um, like, obviously, so many people wish them harm, uh, and rightly so, um, but uh, they, they are, I'm just so glad that, like, like, you know, a newly promoted team like Leeds can absolutely play them off the fucking pitch because oh, they are so, so used ordinary. to being, mm. oh, like, yeah, no, it was just, it was great fun. Just to see them um, be shit. Um, I really love the glitch in this game when I was watching it back. I just saw, like, I've never seen. It's very rare I see I see a footballer and like immediately notice how well control of the ball he is. And that's that'll sound weird, but like, I've always attributed like something like that, like a great control of the ball to someone like Wijnaldum, for example, who always keeps the ball tied to him, close to him. You very rarely see someone pickpocket Wijnaldum. 
previous match not included there. But <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that like you never you very rarely see that with Klitsch, It looks like you'd actually have to suplex the player to get the ball off him. Yeah, it's just he's, he's, like. Leah Valti at Arsenal has that ability where as yeah. soon as he gets the ball to her feet, like she's called snake hips because she sends you one way and just keeps the ball. And like, okay, like that in the last match that actually did get pickpocketed for the first time <laughs> in probably her career by her reaction, which was just like, <gasps> what? This <laughs> I wasn't lost the ball. Um, Wait, yeah, I have to track back now? Oh, and then they scored. But, yeah. um, and yeah, another player. Yeah, no, like like that. Yeah, he just gets the ball to his feet. Is not you're not getting it off. Yeah. No, the fact that he had he pretty much had free reign of the, of the like Manchester midfield as well, which is so bizarre. Granted, like the mid the Manchester midfield is not designed for a press. It's not designed to close off anybody. They leave that to the defenders, uh, with except well, and Fernandinho obviously when he's alive. But like, isn't that the main problem with them? That's the reason why they keep getting stuffed. It's because yeah. they don't press as a team. Like, I think that's the reason why they were so susceptible to the high ball is because I'm like, well, well Bob, actually, I'll cover this in the Liverpool game because mm. the exact same thing in that yeah. they play a high line, but don't play it with a press. And that means you're fucking wide open to the ball over the top. Mm. Um, Man City so- have this system called the six second rule, where basically if you lose the ball, you've got six seconds to get it back. And that's your press. If you do not get it back by that point, you get back into your shape and start defending. It's that's why that's what Leeds did so well because they obviously were able to like they had more possession than Man City. I think they like outranged by fifty six to forty four. Mm-hmm. So they had more possession overall, which is not which Man City don't like. They don't like not having possession. I think if you even if they run the numbers from like the Man City and Ars and sorry the Arsenal and Liverpool games they've lost over the years, the reason why they lose them is because they don't have the possession to 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 make things work. So once they're stifled at the ball. That's when things bad things happen. But then, of course, you can beat them on the counter like Wolves have done and, and various other teams have as well. There's two ways to do it. Leeds did it the hard way. They took possession. They claimed the ball. They, they claimed the, the, the initiative and, of the game. Yeah, and ultimately, they took advantage of a fucking awful a howler. Oh, Jesus. Like, again, it's just now, I will admit, it's been a game for I, it. No, normally, I would plow in to a goalkeeper who fucks up and costs his team potentially three points. But I think it was very much all that Edison saved them one point because he made about five or six fucking really good saves. As I said before, Leeds had seven shots on target. Mm. Um, you know, and they weren't just, oh, it's straight at the keeper. All he has to do was lie on the ball. They were good fucking shots. Leeds really did try mm. to win this one. Yeah. Um, they did and, have shot, to- and props to Melier as well because he made a brilliant save to snuff out Sterling. He's yeah, 20, so, lads. He's 20 and 5 for 10. Like, yeah, it doesn't no. make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Although, I will say one thing. I will end this coverage with the match, saying that one of my best, one of the funniest tweets I had that had me laughing out loud, which is, I think Mateus's glitches, Mateus, Mateus, Mateus glitch, yeah. Yeah, Mateus glitches back heels are my favourite thing in the whole world. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> that really glitches the deal. Oh, um, wholesome. Nice. Very wholesome. Quite wholesome. Ooh. Speaking of wholesome. We're now from wholesome into downright fucking decadent. Yes. Manchester United won Spurs 6. Um, right. So, starting off, Spurs <laughs> conceded a penalty. Start off. Ooh, ooh, me, penalty. me. Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you got this? Uh, yeah, okay. So, just to give you a bit of background <laughs> really, on this. Yeah, I honestly um, thought you were just going to start laughing into the microphone repeatedly. <laughs> Is this the way you said it? Like, oh, uh, you know shit. <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, so I, I turned on this match and Nordy was like, oh, this is the last match now. I'm so sick of watching football all weekend. And he was like, I can't even believe you're watching Spurs. And I was like, ah, yeah, but like it's Mourinho versus Mourinho's old club. And they're both my two least favourite teams. Like, you know, obviously it's a very close race between the Chelsea, Spurs and Man United. But like, I was like, I'm just looking forward to this being a shit show. And oh my God, I could not believe how much of a shit show this was. Because, what was it, 30 seconds into the game, yeah. Sissoko trips over, like, oh, it's such a bad penalty to concede. Like, it's so stupid. Like, it was an like Sissoko penalty, runs like a, a baby gazelle. Penalty. Like, mm. oh, yeah, yeah. He runs like a baby gazelle at the best of times, <laughs> as in absolutely no balance and legs going everywhere. But, like, this was just fucking shambolic. Anyway, stupid fucking run up and penalty like you know it was scored but it was just like oh he's gonna fucking rue that but like there he that by taking the penalty that's stupidly mm. he's gonna fire up spurs because they're like they are a bit of a no-nonsense team in that sort of way um and then the fucking handbags <laughs> so like you've got marcia lamella like elbows martial in the face and he taps him back and mm. get sent off. And VAR, they looked at this. And VAR only sent Martial off. Well, we, we know this from fucking uh, Mane on Tierney. Mm. Elbow smashes yeah. to the face apparently aren't red card offences anymore. You can. No, no, you can but not fucking, like. Oh. You can just double axe handle somebody to the mush and eh, it's not going to work, man. Um, but then, like, so from the like the resulting corner, I think it was, or pretty much from that whole yeah, they situation. From that corner, yeah, uh, yeah. Bailey then, as well, from the kick out a few minutes later, passes it straight to Spurs, and like it's two one, like within the space of two minutes. Like, oh my god, just shambolic. Um, Can I just throw in there, by the way, between like, that, so- the actual equalizer was because of Harry Maguire giving the ball yeah, away. And then spooning Luke Shaw in the set in yeah, the penalty exactly. box. Exactly, it was just like I think I, I think the funniest one I, I think so oh. you could set the equalizer like you could set footage of the equalizer to Benny Hill music and yes. it would match perfect. <laughs> Maguire not only oh. fuck, not only fucks the pass out, but then decides to foul his own left back. Like, like, and I mean properly foul. Like, if Shaw had been in a Spurs jersey, that would have been an absolute stonewall penalty. But only for the fact that the rules specifically state a foul has to be committed by an opposition player is the only reason that wasn't a fucking penalty. He absolutely takes Luke Shaw out like, and screams at Luke Shaw for but, having the temerity yeah, to be fouled. Of getting in my way. Mm, that's causing... what it was. Yeah. Oh my God, man. Like, uh, just... but... Nor- Nordy had left in a huff because I'd put football on again and he came back into the room whatever it was five minutes later and I was like three goals three goals a penalty red card and he goes oh oh it is interesting so uh, <laughs> and then he left because he like left the entire house because he's like oh like you know now she's interested in the football it's not even going to be just passively on in the background he just started um, playing with ducks for an hour and a half mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so he goes off for a walk and like I literally heard the like door of the building close and I messaged him was like oh it's three one now and he, oh my god um so he arrived back so the match went on and whatever happened in the match like Spurs did well fuck's sake United did I, I was so conflicted in this because Spurs mm. are doing well but at the same time United are being so fucking trash like yeah. it is glorious to see um but he arrived back to see Patrice ever crying, <laughs> which was just like, isn't that guy that guy who used to play for United? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why is he crying? And I was like, they just lost six one. All right. Holy fuck! Shit! Like Spurs won six one, and I was like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, Jose. Even he knew Jose Mourinho was going to be smug as fuck. Um, yeah, that's, but, yeah, that's no, the only it thing was, about this. Like, it, if it had been any other team. In terms of drama, I was like, I've ended the week on such a high dramatic note for a match. Mm. You know, it's just going to be snooze fest over at Anfield or no, Villa Park. uh, Villa Park. You know, I'll let you have the TV now, Nordy. And then, (laughs) and then I fucking regretted that one. I know. It is, no, I will say one thing like, Fuck me! Like any other team, any other team other than Spurs taking United to the fucking cleaners like this, I would have literally had to go clean myself up. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, just uh, I was just pissing myself laughing. They are so terrible. Like terrible. Leeds and United have such a historic um, like hatred. I would love. I can't wait for the Leeds United match where Leeds it's, absolutely. It's unfortunately United. during the Christmas, I think. Leeds Leeds yeah. United. I think that's a boxing I think that's a boxing day fixture, I think. As far as I know. I could be wrong with that. In all, fairness, I think it is. in all fairness, problems like what we saw with United today don't get fixed overnight. And they certainly no. won't be fixed by a thirty three year old Edison Cavani. <sighs> oh. We're yeah, again we'll we'll get to this at the end of the show when anyway. we're gonna be very, very honest about the transfer session. But yeah, about that match like knows. <laughs> get, we'll get to that what I will say about this is like this was coming for United all season and it was like if you look at the Brighton game they shouldn't have won that if you're looking at the, the Palace game that was well deserved loss like their just performance was not there out of all the teams this season you would argue that United have not start, like have not had an adequate like preparation into the season I know we'll say like Fulham look really poor and Burnley obviously are depleted and, and various different teams are kind of uh, coming back off this like extra week break and all this stuff, and they're all at different levels and peaks. I'll go back to my 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 talking about Liverpool, but with United, you can absolutely see they're not ready to play football. It's very poignantly obvious from the way it's they're also, playing. It's also like the, it's also the coach. It's also Solskjaer. Yeah, yeah. There's no organization. Like, like, what I'm saying. Solskjaer. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, like he was saying, you can't let. Like we were slagging off Lampard in the last match for saying you can't legislate for uh, mistakes. Mm. And in much the same way, Solskjaer can't legislate for his team captain deciding to foul his own left back in a run up to a goal. Yeah. But like, where the fuck, <laughs> like, where is he, like, geeing up the team? Like, they came out for the second half after this. Beware, like, half those goals were scored in the first half, the other half in the second. All right. Mm. Like, they came out in the second half. They were the exact same fucking team. There yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there was no increase. But, have you seen that? The, the team morale within uh, the United squad, um, they have yeah. very deep concerns about Fernandez and oh, yeah, uh, yes. Van Der Beek. Mm. Um, that, and like, 
uh, Van de Beek, we've already spoken about how he has criticised the training. Wasn't it him who was yeah. criticising the Van training? Van de Beek was criticised the training, yeah. Are hot on the yeah. heels of Alexis like, criticising the training. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just seems that there's a malaise there yeah. at the club. And they were, um, they were saying it's not that. just COVID. Yeah, no, mm. they were saying that with uh, the Fernandez substitution. The reason why he went off at half time was because he just railed. He spent the entire half time apparently just railing at Maguire the entire time, just, just screaming at him, going, You're not fit to wear the shirt. You're definitely not fit to be team captain. Um, both of which I agree with. <laughs> yeah, he is. No, yeah. he's absolutely yeah. right. This. Apparently, his outburst was so bad that they subbed him off at half time. Yeah. Like, the, the goal scorer, the only person, the only midfielder there who does fucking anything. Um, so yeah, like this is it's bizarre, get, isn't it? it, it it's it's so weird because it's better and it's going to be hilarious. It is because, like, it's it's where it, it's what happens next. This is the thing, like, um, like I, I, again, out of all the bizarre results, like from this weekend, and again, we'll get to the main event now. But the United oh, one is good. something is something you can see happening again. And again, oh, yeah, again, I and again. I, I, I actually see the. I actually see like I foresee a shit show in the next match. I think it's against Sheffield, isn't it? I think so. I'm not sure. I think it's Sheffield. But, um, yeah. Which is almost guaranteed that like they're gonna just walk. They're actually gonna mince Sheffield, you know. Mm. Uh, because I've said it, but no, yeah, like no, this is there's some serious issues. There's yeah. some serious fucking issues. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Speaking of serious issues, lads, the main event, <laughs> yeah. right? So let's set the scene here, right? Again, I had, again, this is a real like, where were you moment in football? Where were you when this happened? Where were you when fucking Robbie Keane put the goal in, put the ball in the back of the Germany net? Where were you when this uh, goal happened? Where were you when this happened? <laughs> here's, here's what this is, right? I was doing a fucking wrestling RPG. Right, we got to the tail end of it. I was in the I was in the more prominent part, so I had to think about it. Every time I looked at the at the telly, the scoreline was changing. I was like, right, that's an issue. I will deal with you in a minute. Finish <laughs> off this first. <laughs> it's like it's like there. Okay, right, lads, right. Uh, how are we getting on? Yeah, okay. This match is fucking awesome. This is really good. It's a lot better than the fucking match on TV. I'm gonna keep fucking ignoring that. <laughs> so, so at the point of of me logging off and finishing off what I was doing, it was four one, and I was going right. What's happening here? And then I was able to catch up and I saw, okay, the first goal was an Adrian Howler. The second goal was just genuinely good play from Villa. Third goal, fourth goal were all defensive calamities of one of one way or the other. And then no. the second half somehow got worse. Yeah, no, Adrian, Adrian was fucking terrible. Absolutely. Everyone was terrible. And no one, no one is... is oh, no, no, no. I understand, yeah, like, but, there, but there's some serious terror, absolutely shred, like... You, you had concerns about Adrian. We've actually spoken about this, not before, well, actually, yeah, before on this podcast and also yes. in person as well. You had concerns about Adrian and I really liked him for West Ham when you signed him. And when you signed him, I was like, he's actually a very fucking good goalkeeper. Mm. What, there's something's gone wrong because he was fucking garbage. And just to kind of prelude your, uh, uh, I was watching another match and with this on in the background, I was listening to the second captain's podcast and Ken Early mm. said that he was typing out his absolute evisceration 
of Manchester United <laughs> as this was going on in the background. And he said every single goal that went in just made complete, was successfully making more shite of his article. But as <laughs> he finished the article and the match had finished, he had to go back and rewrite the whole fucking thing. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is awful. You've this never seen the second worst thing I've ever seen. Like that. And he's just like, <laughs> Fucking hell, lads. I have to change all of this. You need to change the whole fucking, rewrite the whole fucking article. Yeah. In the space of him writing it because of this match. But my God, like, don't get me wrong. Like, as again, I said, I didn't watch the match in real time. I went back and watched it. <laughs> Holy God. Um, <laughs> but people were pinging me going, like, Neil, this is awful. I was like, oh, but people were pinging me saying, Adrian has been terrible in this game. And I was like, lads, no, you do not chip seven solely because of your goalkeeper. All right, that's a defensive yeah. calam. That's a team calamity. Yeah. If you're shipping huge amounts of goals because your goalkeeper shit, you can sub him off. You've got yes. Kelleher. He's not that bad. He's good. I like Kelleher. He, like he's good. He, he's good. But um, like if you're shipping seven goals, that's not just your goalkeeper. You've got bigger problems. Mm-hmm. But my God, at least four of these were his fault. Yeah. You could argue that with the deflections, he might attract them better. His, you could argue, oh. but. But no, here's but the thing. Here's the thing with that. Ollie Watkins, he crashed one off the bar, didn't he? The yes. volley he crashed off. This here, here it is, right? This is the typical one because you went with the first goal as an Adrian Heller, and it is. I'm not disputing that. Mm. But I think the Ollie Watkins one that he didn't score, he whipped it in off the crossbar. I think that's a bigger um, highlight of how poor Adrian is mm. because you watch that back, right? If you're facing, and I'm talking about this, if you're behind the Liverpool goal, so you're facing it, right? Yeah. So you're facing outwards onto the pitch. The cross is coming in from the left, and it's a good, now it's a good cross, but it's not, holy shit, he swaz this motherfucker in, right? So as it's coming in, Adrian's in the centre of the goal, and he's looking at it, and Mm. he runs kind of away from the cross in order to try and intercept it at where he thinks it's going to land. Yeah. So as he runs away from the ball, Watkins runs in and meets it for a volley at pretty much... So at the point where Watkins has kicked the ball, right, and hit it Mm. off the crossbar, Watkins is on the penalty spot, all right? So at the beginning of the cross, Adrian's pretty much in the middle, Watkins is running in. When Watkins connects, he's at the penalty spot, and Adrian's in line with the right-hand post. Hmm. He's run at least six yards away from the fucking ball contact point. Like, this, it's shades of Czech's first game for us, where he went out to try and meet that cross and missed it by so much that people were like, what ball was he looking at? (laughs) Hmm. This is is shades of that. And this is why Uh, it was so terrible. Yeah. Can I just jump in there? Please do, yeah. yeah. I'll finish while I refuel. (laughs) Um, so uh, obviously over the summer we sold Eddie Martinez and there was a lot of kind of talk coming into the transfer window it's like we can't afford to have two world class goalkeepers um, vying for first place and Martinez had made it clear that if he wasn't first choice he was going to like try and get go elsewhere Um, and and then, like I know, a lot of the the pod, Arsenal podcasts that I listen to, and a lot of the, you know, I suppose the Arsenal journals that I follow were kind of debating the pros of keeping Martinez and selling Leno because probably Leno would have more monetary value in the transfer window, uh, and you'd still have a solid 
second keeper and or do we try and keep Martinez as a second keeper and give him more of the cup games more maybe um league games Europa League games and stuff mm. like that um and then the other side of that was well look at Liverpool Liverpool won the league with Allison as their mm. fucking second keeper or sorry uh, Adrian, Adrian. yeah, yeah as their second keeper and he's a pile of shit and like that with Neil I was like I don't think he's that bad but I could see that obviously in comparison to Alisson yeah he's definitely the second keeper Mm. Uh, but we've bought in like (laughs) Runnerson um, who was second choice (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was like second keeper at Lille uh, or wherever club we've got him from and Dijon, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and I'm just like Adam looking at that Allison or yes. fucking Adrian hey. performance. I'm just like, I, I'm just, just like, like, oh fuck! If Leno <laughs> yeah. is out, we like we're fucked. Um, but yeah, no, it was just interesting to see that. Like, um, I don't know, like what what has happened to Adrian because he didn't seem that bad. Uh, and now he's like like that fucking mm. awful decision made. It's a positional yeah. play. It's it's a curious case, isn't it? But I think there are reasons for it, and it, a lot of it has been kind of coming for the last. Well, I, I don't say it hasn't been coming. Like we have been, we've been stretched a lot in the first few few games of the season uh, by Leeds in particular. Chelsea tried, but they just didn't have the right people in fr- up front. And with Arsenal, they had a, a good plan, a counter plan against our high press. It just didn't work out in the night. But the, when you're talking about Adrian, the reason and and the, and the reason I'm re, I'm kind of taking or at least the reason I'm putting down to this bad performance is the is the high press. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the Leeds United in the Leeds City game and about how Leeds very much really worked out quite well. But here's the thing with that, right? I think the reason why we capitulated so much in this game and exposed Adrian as a pretty like inadequate goalkeeper is because of the high press. So I think what's been happening is that we've stuck more or less to our same tactics as last season, which is to employ a high press from the back line and essentially use the offside trap as our safety net. Okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that is it was a very effective like defensively. It won us the league last season. The problem with that is though, that requires a lot of mental energy and a lot of physical energy to keep that back line the way it is, keep it straight, keep it flat. And then whenever like the fullbacks come forward, you have someone to protect it. That being Fabinho or yeah. Henderson on the pitch. The, again, the second problem with that is you need to be constantly focused on that. You need to be concentrated on it. And that takes weeks of preparation. It takes weeks to get that shape back and to keep it solid. The problem with that is though, in the preseason, again, I, I think the, the major uh, problem with a high press is sometimes you can go too high. And essentially, you give any like players that play on the shoulder of your last defender a 10, 15-yard run up to the goalkeeper and immediately he's one-on-one because your back four are turning. And by the time you, they turned, the players bolted. So someone like, again, this is what Villa did exceptionally well because the two outlets they had for that game were Grealish and Barkley, who essentially played the exact same way, which was to sit on the shoulder of Gomez and Van Dijk when they have a chance, they break, they score, and that's how it worked. They, they work the inside channels. Perfect strategy, make complete sense. The issue I have with our, the way we played is that we didn't change anything. We kept that high press, and not only that, we kept going forward more, especially in the second half. Like That is not the right answer. That's nowhere near the right answer. And for me personally, we have to stop doing the high press now from now on. 
because clearly the energy levels physically and mentally are not going to be there. You know, what you're dealing with, these are, these are teams with no preseasons. These are teams that like do not have the same fitness and mental like uh, focus that we would have had from the start of last season. When we're coming yeah. off a high from a Champions League win, we wanted to keep that dominance going in the Premier League and we became more defensively solid and just started drinking out wins. We're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to like just pump the board for, ball forward, just get it up for quicker. Because again, we're seeing that like the th- these teams have the exact same problem. They're not going to be de- like co- cohesively defensive. So let's just capitalise on it and get, get the ball to Salah and Mane and Firmino and just get them to score goals. In theory, that will work like later on in the season when we have Thiago properly in the team, when Mane's back from the plague, Henderson's back on the plague, we can kind of calm things down. But this has been coming. This has been coming where like your tactics are, are, are flawed so much now because you don't have the right personnel in there. The high press works when Allison's in goal because Allison is, is, is a sweeper keeper and his best asset is being on the ball. He's a great passer and distributor of the ball and is, con- is comfortable on it. Adrian is not. Adrian is about as traditional goalkeeper as we have at the club, and that's saying a lot because it's not fucking even, not even, not even because he he couldn't even say he couldn't even say basic shots. Yeah, of match practice though, Neil, maybe could be. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is. Of them, a lot of the training is based on that. I think so, but like one of them, I think it was Greedish's second, which is the seventh goal. Yeah. Um, Fucking Andrew Mangan made this point uh, on the Ars blog where he, it was kind of like uh, Miedema's finish. Uh, oh, the fucking... She, she sprints like 40 fucking yards and then just, just looks at it and passes it. Yeah. In a shot. She is literally just the ball. The ball is like going at a snail's pace as it crosses. impudent finish mm. and Grealish's <laughs> second I think it was the second it was one of his goals anyway it was the exact same Where, but it, it's <laughs> with Grealish he doesn't actually shoot it across the goal he hits it at Adrian at Adrian yeah he hits it at him and it still goes fucking in like it, it's not a deflection like Adrian sells himself far too early so Grealish is like I just hit it straight yeah it's going he's, he's not going to reach it, yeah. Already moving away. It's like, I fucking mishit that. I was annoyed at myself as I hit that. Oh, it went in. Oh, great. Greatest is like, I'm just going to fire this straight. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's one thing to be beaten near post. To be beaten near post when you're one on one and the guy's just like, just hit it straight. Yeah. Well, um, what my point was yeah. there that Adrian is not the is not the, the sole reason we lost that game. The oh, reason no, no, we absolutely lost, not. Yeah. But the problem was that our defenders were way too high up that field, and it just didn't make sense. Than you think. He's a bigger reason than you would think. Because... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now again, there is a there is a strong argument. There's a strong argument to put Kelleher into the Merseyside derby, and I think there's a lot of people that'll be on board with that because even the games that Kelleher has been in, which After was this, yeah, they would be. The League Cup game, if you remember the League Cup games he was in for us, yeah. which was the, the game against you oh. guys last season. Yeah. Okay, oh, I remember. Four, he conceded four goals, but he was fucking, he was, he was a baller when it came to like playing the, playing the ball around. He's a good footballer. And that's the thing. I think if, if Liverpool, Liverpool have a secret twist problem here, right? Which is you either continue with this high press and continue with the system that you know last season worked, but with jaded players, that's fine. But you're going to have to need a ball-playing goalkeeper, as bizarre that sounds, in goal. If that if so, you're gonna have to go with Kelleher. 
if not, if you're going to change your tactics as your goalkeeper, which we're going to have to because we're missing Allison for a month and a half, then you play a further, you'd be a bit more pragmatic, maybe change formation, maybe not, but at least put those defenders back a little bit, actually have a flatter back four, and then let like Robertson and Trent have that run up if you want to. Either way, like you can't, like I against think, an Everton side, you'll have to, you'll have to change I think, something. I think you're going to stick. I, I, I can't see us doing that. I cannot see that. That's I, I suicide. That's suicide. I, I I think you'll stick. Um, I have a good segue. Go for it. Um, speaking of ball playing goalkeepers, uh, <laughs> Manu Zinsberger. Um, <laughs> uh, she got a lot of stick uh, last week against uh, Bristol, who mm. um, Arsenal bet four one, but we had initially gone. Uh, one nil down um, through one of the tamest shots that um, it's been described as man, like someone hung over reaching for the remote that's just out of range um, <laughs> that's what Zinsberger was like diving for the ball that's actually quite and, uh, which I think is an absolutely mm. isn't it it's, it's a brilliant description um, so she she was getting a lot of Slack on social media for this because she hasn't kept a clean sheet convincingly for mm. a number of matches, especially this season. Um, she's always kind of a heart attack keeper um, because she's such a ball playing goalkeeper. And this is yeah. where one of the most, I don't know who tweeted it because whoever tweeted it, their name has been cropped out and retweeted without the name being attacked. Oh, I think to preserve their safety. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> They tweeted, like, Manu Zinsberger is not the Arsenal goalkeeper because she's a good goalkeeper. She's in there because she's one of the best uh, two-footed keepers. Um, she's not in there to make saves. She's in there to make passes. Mm. And she, the, whoever tweeted this has just been eviscerated, obviously, by social media <laughs> saying, well, you need a goalkeeper to stop goals. Um, yes, so cop the fuck on. Um. But yeah, she uh, Arsenal were playing in the uh, Conti Cup this week uh, against Chelsea, and uh, she we, we lost four one. Uh, but like that, um, she kept us in the game. Like she, her stops were absolutely phenomenal. Like phenomenal. Like they were so good. There was a double save um, that she made where she closed down the angle and which was good. And they're like, Oh, well that's all she could have done there. And then she made the save and the mm. rebound came out to, I think it was harder. And they're like, Oh fuck, she did so well, but it's gone to harder. Harder is going to, Oh no, she's fucking saved it again. And it was, um, after the match, Joe Montemurro was asked about it and he was like, I've seen on social media, she's been getting a bit of slack, but here, uh, I just want to show, or this is proved to the haters out there. Or it wasn't in that kind of phrase, yeah. but like, he was basically like, this is for the haters all out there. <laughs> like, Zinsberger is a shot stopper, mm. but also has, uh, will do a Cruyff turn in the box and will do um, some flicks and tricks and fucking have your heart in your mouth half the time watching her but um yeah uh, there's your segue ball playing goalkeeper at arsenal to uh, yeah. from queen kelleher at liverpool yeah I, I again like much to your but, point uh, like i'm fascinated to see how that would go because uh jesus we could actually probably add a lot to our team at this point having like a 21 year old irishman who knows how to cry turn 
on his back line. That would be fascinating. Okay. Uh, Stephen Kenny, I think, would just go, more. Just more, please. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you, know, you know he's mad for that sort of weird, like, erudite football. But yeah, you, you, oh. you mentioned the Conti Cup there. Um, obviously, that yeah. was kind of... I suppose it's like the, that was this week's like women's football. We had a bit of WSL action beforehand, but uh, yeah. talk us through the Conti Cup. Was there any kind of like obviously you mentioned Arsenal, Chelsea? There were any other prominent uh, fixtures from that from the from the competition. Uh, well, you, you would be happy to know that Liverpool uh, done did a done did a win. They did um, a fucking great win. Let's be fair. Yeah, a very tough group. Man United. Mm. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of a shock shock result there. The Conti Cup, this is a continuation of last year's Conti Cup. Mm. So similarly to the FA Cup, which is being followed, continued on from last year, um, the, the Conti Cup is following on from last year. So there will be a, a renewed one. But um, I suppose the shock result is how badly Arsenal were beaten by Chelsea. Mm. Um we have we are not playing well for like and this again has been uh, doing the rounds on Arsenal social media. Uh, both the men's out. and women's have even picked this up on the absolute lack of cohesion in the Arsenal women's team. Mm. Um, obviously, because we're Arsenal, we are struggling with injuries at the minute. Uh, with um, two, three matches into the league, um, we've got Kim Little out, Jordan Nobbs. Uh, Hattrick hero Lisa Evans, Hattrick mm-hmm. hero, Hattrick hero Jill Rurd, um, all out injured with unspecified length injuries. Uh, Steph Catley, um, in her first match for Arsenal, got a head and neck injury, which has seen her out since. Um, so she nearing return in the next two weeks, but is still not match fit. Mm. Uh, Lydia Williams, who we signed injured, um, should be is back to contact training now this week, um, which is just made for um, very disjointed teams uh, from Arsenal. Um, we started off well, obviously, um, uh, doing well in the first two matches, but performance-wise, it just wasn't there. Like, scoreline-wise, we, we were winning, but just the performance wasn't there. Mm. Um, but in the league itself, uh, the, the WSL, um, there's been... A, some really, really good matchups and some really, really good um, ties that have gone on. Um, we've got Birmingham, who were very close to absolutely capitulating over the summer. Didn't make any, like, they had no manager for most of the summer. Um, <laughs> yeah. When they eventually did get a manager, a week before the season started, she sat down with Harriet Scott, who plays for Ireland, mm. and was like, hey, would you like to be captain? And she was like, Oh yeah, sure. Um, so that was literally decided like the week of the WSL starting back. Um, so there was no sort of like pre-match kind of, or there was like team bonding. Obviously, with COVID, it's quite difficult to do. Um, but they've been really good. I actually, I was very fearful for them coming back to the league this year, but um, yeah. no, it's looking well for them. Because it was kind of between um, them and Bristol for relegation, really, wasn't it? Like as much as it was yeah, like last season. I, I, Exactly, but I do think Bristol are just at that little bit behind now. But we also yeah, <laughs> they're they're going down um, this season. Sophie, I feel so bad because Sophie Bagley is mm. one of these superstar youngsters. Um, she's a goalkeeper, yeah. and she conceded nine against Chelsea, and 
one of them was her fault. Like one of them was really poor. It was such a bad goal to concede. And that was the first one. And it was like the floodgates opened despite her best efforts. Um, But yeah, uh, Bristol, I don't think they have enough to stay up. Who I do think, and they were kind of been touted to be down around the bottom. And I do think they're going to be around the bottom middle of the table. It'd be Brighton Cove Albion. But oh my God. They have some fucking ballers. They've gotten in one of my favorite footballers of all time, Denise O'Sullivan. So I am going to be biased yes. in that kind of assertion that they're going to do well. But um, they also have Rihanna Jarrett, three-time ACL survivor. Uh, <laughs> Rihanna Jarrett, who has scored um, a good few goals now coming back between the Conti Cup and the league. She is doing well. Um, and they also have um, Megan Connolly. Yeah. Uh, who is also balling it and scored fucking FAWSL goal of the month contender. Um, mm, but yeah, no, they're doing really well. They they played Man United the last day and the difference between Man United and Brighton was the in- introduction of Kristen Press and Tobin Heath. Bringing in and American internationals to that, beat that made the difference. Hmm. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, so they're like just to kind of segue then onto kind of the Americanization of the league. You've got Sam Ewis doing bits at City, and they're kind of like the Chelsea men's team of the league where they have bought in all of this fucking talent, mm. but it's actually their youngsters and academy kind of graduates that are doing the work for them on the pitch, yeah. Um, like Kira Walsh, um. What's her name? Caroline Weir. I know she's not. She's actually one of ours that the city have taken. But like yeah. she's doing for them. Georgia Stanway, though, is probably City's best player, um, apart from Sam Muse. Um, and yeah, no, like unfortunately, they are. Um, I suppose Chloe Kelly actually. Yeah, I was supposed to say Chloe. Chloe Kelly has scored a couple of screamers, but at the same time, I feel like she's going to be overworked. She's doing. Um, Kind of, she's getting all the goals. Like she's not kind of sharing them with Ellen White at the minute. Um, but yeah, uh, City American talent is doing them well. Mm. And then you've got Chelsea, who have spent all the money on the likes of Harder and yeah, that's some. Jesus, oh, I can't even list them all. Like their entire starting eleven is just fucking mint. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not playing as cohesively as you think. So this league is um. Yeah, this league is just um, fully um, unpredictable. As, yeah. as unpredictable as the Premier League is at the minute. Say, because, yeah, it's, it's, they're very um, too close to the minute, aren't they? Is, mm. We're on an international break as well, coming up now, because um, we've got Euro qualifiers coming up in the next bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like... Uh, it is, it is. I haven't met, even mentioned West Ham, who have just kind of been a little bit shit. Um, <laughs> but, and Reading. They're, they're, but they're yeah. kind of always going to be fighting for who's going to be the shooter of the two there. But yeah, no, it's been very good, very enjoyable so far. And there has been some big uh, kind of match day score lines, but nothing to rival the Premier League just yet. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's, it, they're very much kind of in the same boat here where, like, it's just, like, whenever there are capitulations, they're fucking capitulations. Like, they're going to be massive scorelines. Whereas, like, last season, you would have seen a 3 or 4 or 5 nil. Now they're 7, 8, 9. Which is probably, like, as you'd expect from, like, just knackered players, like, fighting the Alamo in that sense. 
yeah. but you were kind of like you were worried in the perhaps like a few weeks ago that this was just going to be a three horse race between like the team like not even that a two horse race between Chelsea and City because of their massive like arsenals if you pardon the pun which uh, which is why like when you mentioned the Conte yeah. Cup win against uh, our like Conte Cup win against Man United I think that, that that result is so much more impressive than than initially feared because like our group is the two Man City clubs Everton and Liverpool and let's face Liverpool are bottom seeds in that group. They are by far, like in, in terms of quality and in terms of form, they are so far away. They're light years behind those three teams. And the fact that we were able to get like get a really good comprehensive result against that team, and we weren't full strength really. Like we changed our goalkeeper, we changed our back line a bit. We still had Furness up front. We we didn't play Fahey, I don't believe. We had Bailey instead, and she did great work, you know. And all these other players yeah, now who we. we who's been doing very well for us. Uh, and but like, Babajibe, who is one oh, of my favourite She's so like, good. I'm so glad we kept her, man. She, oh, my God. She's like the St. Maximum, though. Like, she has all of the swaz and swagger, and then the final product was missing last season. But I think maybe this season she's kind of found it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's fair enough, because, like, I was thinking... Uh, that was kind of our issue last season was that we weren't able to play to our strengths and perhaps a lot of that's down to Prenton Park and how much of a style it was now yeah. that like it's been relayed and like you can see the difference almost immediately like we like we were we had a great result against uh, London Bees at home uh, we've been, yeah. we've won away from home Coventry and uh, and Durham and now we've just we just walked off United off the park like and again it wasn't like I, I... I actually am really looking forward to seeing Liverpool versus Leicester City because Leicester City have been heavily invested in this yes. summer. That's the battle now in the championship, I think. Unreal players, including Ruisha Littlejohn. Mm. Um, but one of the best things, and Neil will love this, is that Leicester City women's like uh, mentor is none other than Super Hesky. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, we're totally going to lose, lads. We're fucked. <laughs> The hubris. The fucking might of that legend. I can top that, lads. Do you know who the fucking assistant coach is for the Liverpool women's? Chris fucking Kirkland. Fuck off. They're both from the same team. How fucking weird is that? Kirkland and Heskey, two of Jared Houllier's favourite people in the world, outside of maybe Morientes, maybe, and Jabril Cissé for some reason. But even then, like... Like that, like that's it. That is such a weird brain trust. That is Heskey on one side and fucking Chris Kirkland on the other. I think Milan Barros is managing the fucking Durham team. I think, or Bruno. I think Bruno Sheru is taking over at Sunderland, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> just there. And then there's like Anthony Latalek, who's just been appointed the fucking Man United coach. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Bizarre. But yeah, like, um, I'm so yeah, happy about that. Uh, I'm, and I'm really glad that we've been able to have a women's football segment in this podcast and we haven't mm. had to mention some signing that Spurs made and I don't want to give her the credit of get mentioning her name. So let's move on. Because she's been garbage. Let's move on and just end the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we just end on that. Like, What's her name again? Oh, yeah. Uh, stop recording. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah that's, that's our, that's our uh, yeah. podcast for the minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, all like, worth the point so far. Yeah, like I did say the last day that uh, Chelsea and Man City would run away with the league and mm. they are not running away with it so much as stumbling down the laneway drunkenly with the league. Um, but um, it's yeah, it's a bit more open than I was anticipating. Hmm. And uh, it, it's been more kind of enjoyable for that reason. 
yeah, like I said, both leagues are kind of well poised at the minute. It's kind of odd, like two very different circumstances, but yet they're kind of the same. Send Everton are winning both of them. Yeah, I, ca- I think that is. I don't like it. I don't like entertainment through hubris and incompetence. If if it takes a global pandemic for Everton to win league titles, that says more about Everton, to be honest. <laughs> and the league as well. <laughs> and the league as well. <laughs> okay, qualified yes. Yeah. No, nothing at all. Complete mystery to us all. Uh, anyway, guys, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, we're gonna come back next week and perhaps yeah. like talk a little bit about the Euros, not so much. Uh, and we're gonna do a bit of a we're gonna do a transfer roundup then next week. Uh, I give it give it the 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 love, the love it deserves in that sense. Uh, but until then, uh, guys, oh, thank God. you very much for this podcast. Uh, Neil Burkbot, as ever, you've been a pleasure. Great company. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Liquid Football Podcast. Until then, take Interlo. care. Interlo. Bye. Bye.